Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Desert Isolation Discs with me, Alex Lawson. Today my guest is Tom Bonnet, a dear friend of mine who I've known for many years now, uh, whose passions range from cycling to music to DJing and radio, and whose life has taken him throughout the UK, from Cambridge to Sheffield to now London. Over the next half hour or so, we'll be talking through some of Tom's favourite records and talking about his life and his relationship with that music. Tom, lovely to see you. Uh, What relationship have you had with music throughout your life? It seems like it's been incredibly important. Yeah, I think it's been hard for me to get away from it, really, because my mum is a huge music fan. So for as long as I can remember, it's always been something that's been on in the house, but it's also always been something which is a completely normal subject of conversation to discuss and Mm. to get excited about. And what are your kind of earliest memories of music being on and around you in the house? Um, One that started early that carried on and still does carry on is um, whenever my mum puts up the Christmas tree, she'll always listen to the same (laughs) album. Mm. And it's Atlantic Rhythm and Blues, 1967 to 1969. (laughs) And it was an incredible two years. It's got... Aretha Franklin's R.E.S.P.E.C.T. Mm. Um, it's got uh, Land of a Thousand Dances by Wilson, Wilson Pickett. Mm. Um, uh, it's It's got Knock on Wood, mm. um, Mustang Sally. Uh, it's just brilliant. So that's Christmas in your, your house. That's the sound of Christmas for you. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's, that's the album that gets me really excited about mm. Christmas. Mm. Even now... Um, I'm not, often not actually there when this happens now because of the time when you put a Christmas tree up. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone home yet, but I'll always get a phone call or a text from my <laughs> mum saying, listening to Atlantic Rhythm and Blues, putting the Christmas tree lights up, it's looking good. And I think, yeah, I'm going to go home and I'm going to see the same metallic red saxophones that hang uh, <laughs> and violins and things that are quite odd baubles. Yeah. Um, and always uh, the spray cobwebs as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, I think we're about ready for your your first piece of music. We've we've uh, you've ended up in the desert after a, a hang gliding accident, which uh, thankfully you weren't uh, injured in. But you're alone in the desert, and you've got all the food and, and water you need. But you you have to have those records. And what's the first record that you got for us today? The first record is by Elan Mailer, and it's called Elvis Presley Blues. It's a cover of a track by Gillian Welsh of the same name. And um, Elon Mailer is a pianist who was playing um, in, I think, maybe Switzerland. And the, I first heard about it from Giles Peterson, who said that he was staying in the hotel and mm. Elon Mailer was playing piano in the hotel bar or restaurant. And he saw him one night and thought, he was great, but he'd had a few drinks. Mm. So he went back the next night just to check whether he was still good without having had a few drinks. And he thought he was 
brilliant. So he talked to him and, and they ended up putting out an album on Brownswood. And um, for me, this is the highlight. That was Elvis Presley Blues by Elam Mailer. Tom, uh, quite a, quite a somber song. Are you going to be quite quite down in your in your desert setting? Do you think? Yeah, I, d- I don't know about down. Um, when I was putting together the tracks for this, I kept thinking about the type of mood that the music that I chose would put me in, and I I pretty much decided that all of the tracks that are slightly mournful and slightly sad seem to be the ones <laughs> that really really affect me but what I love about it is that it's quite a somber track but it makes mm. me so so happy and mm. almost kind of clears my mind a bit and de-stresses me and I could listen to that track over and over and over again mm. and uh, I think I'd be happy so um <laughs> It was it was it was an easy choice. Uh, Tom, you mentioned your mum putting up the tree uh, for Christmas just then. Can you tell us about your your childhood? You you grew up in Cambridgeshire. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to know where to start with that one. In a way, mm-hmm. um, I think my childhood was um, quite. I was quite a, an active child. I was always kind of out, either on my bike or mm-hmm. playing football or. Um, just going out and about with friends and that sort of thing. Um, I think one of the most sort of interesting things about my childhood was that I have a sister which is five and a half, she is five and a half years older than me. Um, And throughout my childhood, we never spoke very much as I'm sure a lot of siblings Mm. sort of don't. Mm. But um, it was not just, oh, we don't really chat because we don't really get on, but actually we talk all the time. We just sort of didn't really talk mm. at all. And I think that that probably added to my um, love of music <laughs> in a way because I'd sort of go and squirrel away with like computer games or just mm. whatever when I, I was in the house. And yeah. I'd always have music that was soundtracking that. How conscious were you that that wasn't perhaps what other people did? I had a really, really good friend that was an only child and, you know, I think he probably did do quite a lot of that. And Mm. I don't think it was necessarily unusual what I was doing because I was, you know, playing like Dave Mirror Pro BMX and Mm. listening to like the same CD over and over again or Mm. or whatever. And I had mates around a lot of the time when I was doing it. I was always Mm. with mates. Um, But it was probably the extent to which that I was doing it listening to music and trying to find new music and that sort of thing. And I think actively searching for it, um, Mm. I never would have called it, but like crate digging or whatever at that age, (laughs) um, you know, whether it was through BMX videos that I watched that always had amazing soundtracks, Mm. whether it was through things I saw on TV, I sort of, I was always just interested in what was on the horizon that I didn't quite know about. And I'd just see a little bit of something um like my parents would always get the the paper and there'd be the guide that would have like mm. the gig listings and it would quite often have music on the cover yeah. and i was kind of not necessarily old enough to properly read it but i'd always sort of skim it 
and then be like, oh, they look interesting or whatever. And then I'd sort of stumble across things like that, which mm. perhaps some of my friends, they weren't, they weren't doing, you know, they weren't really yeah. looking out for new things in the same way. And how did that relationship with your sister develop in, into your adult life? She moved to Mallorca when she finished university at the age of 21. Mm. Until recently, I mean, uh, before she left, we had always had a perfectly kind of congenial relationship, Mm. but never a personal one. Mm. When she left, um, I think that we both would find that when she would come back at Christmas and that sort of thing, we became allies and would actually also (laughs) find that we got on quite well and um we you know had plenty to talk about and could have quite a lot of fun together Mm. and um and now it it, it's great when she comes back because Mm. we'll you know we can go to the pub together and she gets on well with my friends and that sort of thing so it's 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 such a classic example of oh you won't get on when you're younger but when you grow up you'll probably get on really well Mm. and that you know that there's a lot of differences between me and my sister as well you know don't get mm. me wrong we're, we're massively different people but we just <laughs> get on well now mm. which is great and what's the next piece of music you've got for us the next piece of music that i've got um is after the somber first track i want to go for actually it is quite somber uh so i was <laughs> going to try and have a bit of a change of direction but no um this is by ken booth Uh, the soulful reggae singer and it's a track called Memories and what I love about this track is it's produced by Nani the Observer and it's got a really really nice kind of swinging almost pendulum like top end on it that swishes back and forth across it um, on top of a really tough beat and it's also just got a kind of haunted darkness throughout it that I love. Memories by Ken Booth. Fantastic track there, Tom. And you were talking about getting into music and these new things coming over the horizon. Can you remember when that started to really gather pace and uh, you started sort of getting involved in the Cambridge music scene as it was? Mm, Yeah. Um, I think the first gig that I went to proper, uh, there may have been gigs before it, but if there were, I can't remember. Um, was at the Cambridge Boat Race, which was a classic of the day toilet circuit venue um, <laughs> that loads of the, the university students would go to um, and would have big bands kind of coming through just before they made it to the sort of 1,000, 2,000 capacity mm. venues. So, for example, when I was just starting college so like 2000 i guess um the libertines came through there Mm. which i actually had a ticket for and um i'd simultaneously at a night um a different night which i'll go on to talk about called organics i'd met a girl there and um it turned out that the um kind of freshers prom i suppose it was for college for Mm. their college she wanted me to go with her and i wanted to go with her because i just met her and you know that was good but it was on the same night as the libertines and i had to kind of make this decision between the two 
And I've I've never quite decided whether I made the right decision or not by not going to see the Libertines. <laughs> Luckily, I saw them again um, at Brixton Academy and it was an amazing gig, mm. um, which I think was about a year later. Mm. Um, but yes, uh, so anyway, back to the subject of the boat race. I think my my first gig there was a band called Miss Black America, who... Mm. Um, Remember them? They, they were quite an interesting... Um, one to see because I think that they were the last of the sort of indie bands in their truest sense I would say um and they were quite sort of um they were quite feminine and wore sort of leopard skin shirts and had a bit of eye makeup and might have looked like mm. they sort of could have been in the cure at one time um and you know they were in sort of similar worlds that Idlewild inhabit and people like that and um and they were really good fun and they had really good songs um and i think i was in year 9 when i went to see them and managed to get served and um <laughs> that sort of made me realize the potential of of going out really um obviously the music was great as well and then from there i started going to the boat race quite regularly and um and then and also venue called the junction uh saw the flaming lips with my uh gigging buddy georgia as as uh, she became i saw lots of good stuff with her flaming lips at the junction was really really good uh we also got tickets for the strokes when they played mm. um and then w- there was a sort of wave of indie bands that came along all at the same time like the vines and the white stripes and lots and lots of acts like that that fitted into the same sort of sound and um we went to see as many of those bands as possible um but then when i kind of got into my um i suppose as soon when i got to college uh mm. I, my my taste started widening a little bit and mm. the night that i mentioned before um organics uh was a hip-hop night and i started going to that because and, you know your traditional view of, of cambridge would not be there would have this cutting edge hip-hop night in it you know how unusual was it that that was launched or, or mm. had it been, was it established the night was quite unusual i saw I, I i can't really pinpoint why it was other than that i know that the main dj um studied at anglia polytechnic university which is the mm. polytechnic union cambridge and um he i think he'd done music production there and got together with yeah like just just some, some people that lived in cambridge to put that on but they they were quite a good act, the delegates of culture in their own right, uh, but they were just brilliant at booking up-and-coming acts and great at putting on parties that played underground music but also were hugely entertaining to go to. Fantastic. Tom, what's your next piece of music you've got for us? So the next piece of music is a track from that era, actually. It's by Roots Maneuver and it's called Movements and it's the live version which was released on uh, Ninja Tunes Zen Cuts compilation. I picked it not only because I think it's a really, really fantastic track lyrically, musically, but because it was a huge turning point in my listening because I think when I discovered this track around the same time as I started going to Organics, I... I think I I just discovered a whole new world of music really with hip hop that led me onto electronic music and into world music and into territories that I'm still yet to find. The light man said stay in the light. So so we stay. Light. 
reality, okay. This is the little ditty that we refer, we refer to as the movement. Movements of the mind mass. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Roots Fire Discotech. On the turntables we have DJ MK, Kilburn's Finest. And on the microphone, Roderick Manuva. All the way from the southwest, it's time to get off my chest. That was a live version of Movements by the legendary Roots Manuva. Uh, Tom, after you've grown up through this uh, Cambridge music scene, uh, you've moved up to uh, South Yorkshire, to Sheffield, to, to study journalism. Um, how did that come about and how did you find that experience? I remember quite specifically having to make a decision at secondary school and thinking about the subjects that I was going to take and what I wanted to do. And I I didn't really think I wanted to do journalism, but I really, really loved BMX magazines and... I would have killed to have worked for one. And I just thought, right, these are the subjects that I can take that are going to enable that. So I did them and and then developed that sort of through sixth form. But, and then when I actually got to Sheffield and I did a journalism course, I'd actually wanted to do a, a, a media production course and had kind of had my arm twisted a little bit to do a journalism course. And I thought that was fine, but then I had a little bit of a shock when I went for the kind of open day and the person that led the course was a sort of incredibly grumpy, um, quite seemed to me horrible person uh, that told us how hard it was going to be for the next three years and how most people would do a few lectures a week, whereas we would be in nine to five either in the room writing or out on the streets getting copy and all this and I sort of started to think oh um, I'm not shy about putting the work in but is this the love of culture and arts and am I going to really get out of this what I want mm. but I obviously didn't form those thoughts well enough um, in my adolescent brain to be able to think maybe I should go and do the media production <laughs> course. And so I sort of found myself starting come September and then quite quickly realised that I probably should have read a newspaper before I went. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next piece of music? The next piece of music that I'm going to play is um, by Smog and it's called Hit the Ground Running. I had to leave Though there was some nice folk there Now I don't know where I'm going All I know is I'll hit the ground I was hit the ground running by Smog. Uh, I'm here with Tom Bonnet. 
Uh, Tom, you were just talking there about uh, your your fledgling career in the media at university. And then you moved down to London and you've worked for some of the biggest organisations in broadcasting, Sky News, UKTV and and the BBC. How have you found walking into these organisations and has it changed your perception of of how uh, news and broadcasting is put together? It's quite a difficult question. I think... Has it changed my perception? I think that having worked at Sky News, um, the ability to have an idea for a new project can be turned around in an incredibly short space of time. And when they need to pull in the resources to do that, whether it's refreshing a website, whether it's building graphics that show um, that act as a tribute war for soldiers killed in Afghanistan or incredible coverage of the US or the UK elections, they can Mm. really, really... Um, supply the cash and the t- and the manpower essentially to um, to do quite amazing things and and that's why they win award for innovations in that sense and I think it's much slower at some other companies and so you retrained at Goldsmiths to to specialise in radio what is it about radio uh, that attracts you and that you enjoy as a medium I think what really attracted me to working radio is the music on one hand because I I really really love a lot of the BBC's music radio output. But also I was working in a breaking news environment when I was at Sky and it meant that you um, that you would quite often be working in a reactive sense and a story would happen that you weren't necessarily an authority on and that you would have to quickly get up speed mm-hmm. and write uh, and write about it. And, and it was great fun, it was really good, but you you sometimes kind of wished you could have a second go at it mm. and um and actually really do a bit of kind of good analysis or get a bit more in depth and so i wanted to essentially work on longer form programming and i'm a bit of a perfectionist so the <laughs> idea of sort of yeah being able to really sculpt programming and features was something that hugely appealed and and also a move into um less news more current affairs Fantastic. And um, what's the next piece of music you've got for us, Tom? The next piece of music that I've got is uh, Tom Waits with a track called Swordfish Trombones, which is the title track from the album Swordfish Trombones, which was released in about 1985, I think. there a classic um tom bonnet so we've talked about your relationship with music um and it's evolved in recent years you've actually become uh, quite the dj um how have you sort of developed that skill and 
How do you find uh, getting behind the wheels of steel? <laughs> <laughs> I have developed it in a bit of an odd way because I um, have found an inability to stick to one genre of music. So um, <laughs> I've sort of often kind of dipping into bits of house and bits of world music and bits of techno. And I think that that is um, from DJing with other people quite a lot as well. Mm. And so... Yeah, you play with people that have got slightly different tastes to you, maybe like sort of more heavy techno and dubstep than kind of disco and house or whatever, and you end up buying tunes that will kind of go quite well with what they're mm. they're playing and, and vice versa. And I think having always kind of, yeah, done it with friends has been quite an influence. And, um, and I've just sort of slowly kind of been working out what my style is. It's mm. taken me about, I don't know, it's taken me years to kind of... <laughs> uh, actually settle on something but i'm i'm i might be there by the time i'm 40 um so what are you gonna play for us next uh the next track is gonna be one that i used to dj when i first got my decks actually and a track that i still love because it reminds me a lot of lucy my girlfriend and it's by matthew deer and it's a track called don and sherry and this is a, a version by Hot Chip, which features Alexis Taylor singing instead of Matthew Deer. And it's a bit of a cheat, really, because it means that I can take not only Matthew Deer, but also Alexis Taylor to the desert island with me. I've been sending you signals, my signals have never been seen. I've been writing you letters, but those letters never leave me. one of Tom's DJing choices. Now, Tom, you know, as you alluded to there, you like to be uh, surrounded by people. You've always come across as a very convivial person. Has that always been the case? And what do you enjoy about uh, the company of others? It's a funny one, that, actually. I think there's a bit of a paradox that goes on because mm. I remember doing a uh, kind of a training course as um, at UKTV. They liked sending you on training mm. courses and I liked signing up for training courses because <laughs> I always found them quite interesting. And, um, and there was one that they talked about the idea of the introvert and the extrovert. And the extrovert would essentially recharge their batteries by spending a lot of time with other people. Mm. And um, they were on their own, then they'd start feeling quite flat and they'd get a bit bummed out mm. and, you know, they wouldn't really feel very good. Whereas the introvert would spend some time with people, would be fine, but then if they didn't get any time to themselves and they wouldn't be able to recharge their batteries. 
I've definitely fallen into that category. So, But it doesn't take very long, though. I can be kind of all grumpy and be like, oh, I really wanted to do something mm. that's a bit productive and on my own and do this. And mm. then I'll sort of do it for about 45 minutes. I'm like, right, where is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> so so, we'll, so, leave so you, uh, we'll leave you on your own for a little bit after the recording then, Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, what's the next piece of music you've got for us? The next song that I've chosen is one that is quite an emotional song for me um so why not hey you're gonna you're gonna take eight tracks to a desert island you might as well <laughs> take the ones that are gonna um bring back a lot of interesting memories so it's a track by lcd sound system and it's called someone great to your final piece of music but first how do you think we would you would find the experience of being stranded in the desert you know it's actually you know a fairly idyllic uh, place to be where you've actually ended up um and you've got you've got your music there but how are you quite a dexterous character do you think you'd be able to fend for yourself in the desert <laughs> um <sighs> It's kind of hard with a desert, isn't it? Because if it's like you know a desert island, you think, oh, it's gonna be really green, so I'm gonna gonna make this amazing shack mm. and I'll channel all the water, the rainwater down, and get a really nice water butt made, and I'll mm. live off that, and then just kick it, and it'll be really nice. Go for a swim and catch some fish or whatever. A desert, I mean, it's um. You really need but to. It's ment- a nice desert, Tom. It's, it- it's, a, it's supposed to be a pleasant experience for you. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, whoops. Um, <laughs> well, I yeah, I think I'd be all right. I think what I might do is, if it was kind of searingly hot in the day, I'd do what they have done in parts of Australia and mm. build a network of underground tunnels that mm. I could I could live in and I could go down into when I needed some shade and um, just chill out there mm. um, and um, <laughs> ride some camels upstairs. <laughs> well i'm liking to see this net this burrowing network of caves it sounds quite uh, yeah that does sound quite dexterous um so what's the final track that you've got for us today this is lord tanamo with i'm in the mood for love <laughs>
So, Tom, you've picked your eight tracks. First of all, if you could only keep one of them, which would it be? It's really hard, but I I think the Elan Mailer track, just because as I said at the start, I could listen to it over and over again. Mm. And um, I think it could soundtrack any mood. Mm. And uh, we've given you a couple of luxuries. We give you the Tiger Who Came to Tea and the complete uh, box set of Red Dwarf. Uh, what would your other luxury be? <laughs> Thanks for those generous presents. <laughs> um, my other luxury would be a piano. Mm. Um, I'd love to play the piano and maybe I could learn to play my one record. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Tom Bonnet, thanks for uh, letting us hear your Desert Isolation discs. Any comparisons to any radio shows, alive or dead, is purely coincidental and not any copyright infringement. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.